Hello, what's going on? Welcome to the Thursday Thesis here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. And we also welcome our friends who are watching live right now on Facebook. I'm Chris Williams, and I'm joined today by the grizzled veteran from Cyclone Fanatic, Rob Gray. Hello, Rob. A late, uh, a late addition to the thesis. Finally it's, sitting in on this uh, it's good to have magnificent you. presentation across so many media platforms. It's good to have you here. We, uh, we'd like to bring in different voices. And, I, I've uh, got a lot of different voices. <laughs> I know you do. No impressions today. Uh, Before we get going, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Ames Eye, Des Moines Eye, AmesEyeCare.com, Des Moines AmesEyeCare.com. You see these? Uh, see these? These are Maui Jim reading slash they're the classes, Rob, where you know how when you stare at a computer for 15 hours a day, your eyes start to get like fried. Blocks it. Really? Blocks it. I thought those had to be kind of like blue tinted or something. Well, these got the blue tint in them. Ah. But these are the these are, these are these are legit. Dr. Kruger. They look very nice. They came highly recommended to me and they've been great. But they do more. They can just help um, people forget about their eye care. You know, like, oh, I didn't. I've never had problems with my eyes. You should probably go get it checked out. And you should take your kids to get them checked out. Check them out at AimsEyeCare.com, DesMoinesEyeCare.com, and uh, tell them that Cyclone Fanatic sent you. This is the Thursday thesis. Must win for Iowa State, Um, Rob? Every win, every game is a must win, right? Yeah, week to week. We're supposed to be 12 and 0 this season, <laughs> correct? Yeah. Uh, Huge game. I mean, yeah. I mean, but look over the last couple of years. What did they start last season in the Big 12? 0 and 2. Yeah. And then re- did it their usual October, Brocktober, whatever you want to call it's it. It's Brocktober. Yeah. I mean, 7 and 0. Just wanted to know if officially we wanted to, to, to dub it that. Actually, stat for that. Iowa State 7 and 0 in October the last two years. Only Iowa State and. Alabama, the only two Power Five programs in college football, are the only ones to go seven and zero in October the last two years. Always good to be in that same breath. But I mean, then you look at, I think what one and one to start two seasons ago, and then they reeled off four straight. So I, I mean, must win in a sense. But you know, as they showed coming back from one and a one and three start last season, the Cyclones can put it all together, and when they do. They're really tough to beat, no matter yes. who they uh, go up against. So you'd hope that that would be this week. TCU bringing a, a really good defense again. I know they were riddled with injuries last season that affected production and performance on both sides of the ball. That, that the Cyclones were unfortunately got them when they were probably closest to full health early last season and dropped the three-point game uh, to the Horned Frogs there in Fort Worth. But I mean, yeah, it must win in a sense. But uh, what you really must see is those little mistakes that have doomed so many offensive drives that have promise uh, start to go away. And not not like in just three straight drives against Baylor, but they're there the rest of the game. Or against ULM, which was an outlier game, even though I think that's a decent football team. They just, yeah, I don't it think was a buzzsaw type of game. Where yeah, classic Iowa State, snowball going down a hill type yeah, deal. I mean, the Cyclones have the talent, which they show when they're streaky. Now, they also show the talent when they move the ball across midfield but then they also show the immaturity and the lack of attention to detail that's been such a talking point uh, much of the season. What was Tom Manning like last night? I it was, was fine. I, I was curious about how his reaction would be because Campbell's such a robot 
up there on <laughs> Tuesdays, you know? Yeah. By design. Yeah. yeah. He, he knows what he's doing. Yep. What was Manning like as far as there? Cause I, I read your story and about we've got a score. Yeah. Is yeah. what he said. Right. Like, can you elaborate on that? Yeah. I mean, it, you can only say it so much and yeah, it sounds like a broken record, which I even said in the story cliche or not, it, it does. Cause the same mistakes are the things that are dooming these drives. 15 drives this season that have gotten to midfield or past midfield in a plus territory where they got no points out of it. A couple missed field goals, a couple weird plays like the helmet coming off in the UNI game and all that. But other other times, it's a tur- it's a turnover. And mm-hmm. uh, in my story, I even pointed out as great as they were against ULM, you turn it over. Purdy turns it over twice in the first five minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. If the defense doesn't make stops there. Can that momentum get 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 built on the offensive side? So again, it's excruciating in the fact that they are so close in so many ways. Yeah. But and and we're seeing that manifest not in points except in the one game uh, yet. So I don't think they're going to put up a ton against TCU. But I think if they even law of averages says you iron out a few of those things, considering some of them have been luck situations. One of the one of the pretty fumbles he had a couple games back, which is a split second guy pokes it out. Nice play. That stuff's not going to happen all the time. That's good analysis. A uh, couple notes before we dive into the specific matchup. You mentioned the offense moving the ball. Only two true three and outs on the entire season, which is really an incredible stat when you're four games in playing a really good defense like Iowa. Mm-hmm. We think that I think Baylor's defense was better than I thought it would be. I agree. I'll give him credit in the sense, and I'm not a huge Matt Rule guy, but he talked a lot in the offseason about being tougher. That was a tougher football team. I give, I give them some credit there. It was. I still say that the Cyclones, a lot of it was self-inflicted. I think, to my eye, the Cyclones were still clearly the superior team. Now, not by a ton, mm-hmm. but clearly the superior team that just, uh, as, as Brock Purdy and another broken record situation, sought themselves in the foot too many times. Um, you know, so, yeah, but Baylor, definitely they're starting to get that toughness to go with the athleticism that's there at year after year. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's – Iowa, I think, is average, giving up like eight points a game. They're kind of like with Iowa State in defense. It's interesting the philosophies come together, you know, where Iowa State mm-hmm. wants to make the opponent break down. Yeah. He might drive the ball for a little while. Iowa's keeping teams off the scoreboard. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 to, to play as well as they did from the defensive side of the ball against them is encouraging looking back despite all the offensive woes. The um – yeah, this, the 7-0 October stat I had. And then I, I think it's interesting, too, as we start to dive into this football game on Saturday, an 11 o'clock kick. Now, we did just get a notice out. Um, if you're watching on Facebook or if you're listening on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, that the grass lots will be closed on Saturday, which, man, this really starting to suck. All they, the might, they might remain closed until the whole new revamp is, is complete. And I, I tell you what, though. They just keep getting hammered up there. Yep. I'm worried about that field. Yeah. I'm not trying to – I'm not poking a bear or anything. They can't catch a break. Yeah. What happens if it rains two inches on Saturday morning and then they got to play that game? Like, will the field be okay the rest of the year? Like, I, I'm, I feel bad for those guys, but there's really nothing they can do about it. Yeah, they're doing everything they can, and obviously they've created a really good drainage yeah. situation there. And uh, – 
sure they're doing all the things that a great horticultural school will tell you. They've tarp on it, I'm sure. Yeah, and they've added a lot of probably organic matter so it drains well. The soil drains yeah. well, plus they've got systems in there to do it. It's just tough. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to get torn up simply yeah. because of the situation as damp and they were off to it's a been constantly terrible start because of that Drake game last year I mean you just there's nothing you could do about that it's just, it's been a really bad um really bad set of circumstances all right um we are broadcasting here from the Carl Chevrolet studios in Ankeny we're going to take a really quick time out to thank our sponsors here on the Thursday thesis. And then I want to dive in and scout TCU. I actually think it's probably a better TCU program, not program, but a better team than most people think. I think that they're really good up front after watching them a little bit. Um, keys to victory. I'll make my official prediction. I've got the grizzled veteran reporter, Rob Gray here to walk us through it. And we'll be back right after this on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I want to tell you guys about Pascots today. Pascots are fun-loving, plush, mascot pacifier holders. And they introduce infants and toddlers to team passion that their families have and loved ones have in an unforgettable way. They sent me a Psy pacifier holder for my little girl, Elise, who was born in August. When she gets old enough, she's going to be like, hey... This little side doll has been with me for weeks. I love it, and I love the Cyclones Pascots. They're fun-loving. They're awesome. They come in all sorts of different teams, too, but we all know you want the Iowa State one. Check them out today at Pascots.com. Hey guys, it's Williams here for Des Moines Eye Care and Ames Eye Care. I care for the entire family conveniently located throughout central Iowa. I've been up to Ames Eye Care a couple of times now to see Dr. Kruger. You've all heard me tell you about how he looked at me for like 30 minutes. Actually, it didn't even take that long. And he's like, dude, I know why you're having headaches. It's because you stare at your computer for 15 hours a day. Wear these glasses. It'll help. And it has. It actually, it's completely changed my life. Now, I'm a dad, got a four-year-old. She's got some eye problems herself. And you know where I'm going to take her? Yeah, that's right. Ames Eye Care, Des Moines Eye Care, Family Eye Care. They can help you guys, too. Check them out today, DesMoinesEyeCare.com, AmesEyeCare.com, and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. All right, welcome back to the Thursday Thesis. Thanks to all of our great sponsors at CycloneFanatic.com. I'm Chris Williams, joined today by Rob Gray. Welcome to our audience on Facebook Live. Uh, Jared Stansberry is producing today's program. Let's start. Let's let's scout TCU before we dig into you know what Iowa State needs to do. Uh, a little did you know for today? Gary Patterson's first victory at TCU. Been there 19 years. Second, only behind Kirk Ferentz, who's been at Iowa for 21 years as far as tenure goes. The dean of Big 12 coaches. Was in 1998, the season opener at Iowa State. Yeah. 31-21. You tweeted that out, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. A very good did you know. Iowa State's next game was when they snapped the streak against Iowa. Mm. That's an interesting, yeah, double play on that one. And then, of course, you you go back to the, uh, what was it, the Houston Bowl? Yeah. 
I mean, the Cyclones had that, that game. How many sacks did Jason Berryman have, like, in the first half? He had, like, four in the first half. Oh. He dominated that game. Yeah. And, I mean, every every guy on that team to a man will tell you they should. You know, that was, a, that was a team that was built for more success than it had. Still yes. a successful season. That but, team should have uh, been in the Holiday Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that team should have won a couple more games in the regular season. No but. doubt. No doubt. Um, a little side note there on TCU. I, I think there's a reason why the last two games – these two teams have played have been so close. I think they're just similar programs. I mean, if you look at Matt Campbell, I use this example often, but like who, who are his idols? Bill Snyder, Gary Patterson, that Mount Union coach. To an extent, I think he really looks up to Kirk Ferentz and the way that he built that program. Mm-hmm. It's not um, – I'm talking about stylistically. It's not Leach. It's not Bryles. It's not yep. Bob Stoop. I, I, my point is, I think there's a reason these teams play so closely to one another. They're very similar. Yeah. I Yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree. I mean, both teams, they start when they're successful with the defense. Yes. It always gives the team a chance. Um, you're seeing that out of TCU this year. I think they're top – 10 yards per play allowed, which is an interesting part of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're seeing that defense come back for them again last season. So many injuries for them. Uh, I think a lot of talent was still there, but, um, you know, really bit them second half of the season on. Um, But, yeah, I mean, across the board, they're always fast, and now they're getting that power back. And when they're healthy, as you said up front, you know, they can move you. They've got, you know, two quality, I mean, two, you know, standout running backs. And I'm sure quality way down, you know, like Iowa State has, but more proven. Um, I mean, it's actually the perfect matchup. You want to talk about a must win. It's the perfect matchup for Iowa State to exercise the demons that they've had through the first third of the regular season. The failures to execute in critical moments. If you're going to do if you can do it against this team, that should be a huge boost mentally because it's human nature that when things have gone wrong, it pops in the back of your mind, well, shoes have dropped. When's the next one going to drop? We've talked about it when it's, you know, back in the world zero, when it was losing games that were close games. Now, when it's just not finishing drives, that stuff can happen. This type of team that generally plays very disciplined, doesn't try to, you know, they don't throw a lot of crazy looks at you. They just play sound, tough, fast football. If you can, Iron out your mistakes against this team. It bodes very well. Couple it with the 7-0 and in October, how these teams get better as it goes on. This is a you know must win in a sense, but just must perform, must execute, must play their best game of the season. One thing that I like to do um, is really look back at these these teams that Iowa State's playing in their, their previous games. And I, I wanted to know, how did SMU beat TCU? What happened? What was the, what was the story of that game? And I went back and watched it, and – it's it's really quite simple. I, and here's another parallel between the two teams that are going to be playing on Saturday. If you had a TCU fan on with us right now, he or she would say, well, we gave that one away. Yeah. Uh, Max Duggan, the, we're going to talk a lot about him, the young quarterback out of Iowa, uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa, um, gave it three giveaways in that game. And that was it. Because you look at the rest of the, the, the box scores, Darius Anderson averaged eight yards a carry. Um, they, you know, they, they consistently... TCU outgained them, right? Yeah, TCU outgained them. You know, the one thing, and this is going to come down to my key for Iowa State, um, 
is when it comes to Duggan or whoever's playing quarterback for TCU, Alex Delton, the old Kansas State Wildcat as well. He feels like he's been around for six, seven years. Uh, completion percentage for these two youngsters. Duggan's is at 53.4. Delton's 48.8. Um, even in that game against SMU, Duggan threw three touchdown passes in that game. He was 16 for 36. Average completion, 5.2 yards. Mm. So my point is, um, I think it's pretty easy going into this to see what TCU is going to want to do. I think that they have the best offensive line in the Big 12. Might be a little bit of a controversial take. Oklahoma's got a pretty good one. I think TCU's is better. I think it's more physical. They're going to want to run the football. Goki State's pretty good. Better. Goki State's is pretty good. Yeah, I give a little. I give a little bit of that to the system. Um, I think that these guys are bullies. Yeah. Um, But when you generally have defensive coordinators like John Haycock, I'm not saying TCU is one-dimensional because they certainly aren't. Yeah, Rieger on the outside, who's one of the best receivers and. Not only the Big 12, but one of the most explosive playmakers in all of college football. But when you've got quarterbacks that are completing 50% of their passes, you've got a stud running back in Anderson behind that offensive line. They're, it's going to be sloppy. They're going to want to run the football. Yeah, and have the quarterback on the move as well, and, uh, and Doug can control dink and dunk when they and set up the to set up the big play possibilities. That's kind of even been their MO with Turpin, but you know, they've even had more weapons. They always have that guy. Yeah, they always have a Turpin, a, yeah. a Rieger. Yeah, but I mean, but they still they want to hit you, hit you, hit you, jab, 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 then then haymaker. And I mean, that's like a lot of football teams because if you execute well, that's going to produce. Uh, you know, good, consistent offensive production. And yeah, that's what they're built for. You're right. I mean, they're going to want to come and run it at Iowa State. And, and I don't know what you're, what you're hearing, but it seems to me that it's very unlikely Jaquan Bailey. He's plays. not playing. I can't imagine he plays. And, and a good thing Zach Peterson is the type of guy that, that steps in, you know, asked Mike Rose about him on Tuesday. He just, he just kind of smiled and said, that guy, he just loves to hit. And Coach Haycock said last night, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to add to your point that I asked about that, and Peterson is graded out better than any other defensive lineman so far this year. Yeah. Which is exceeding, like, Ray Lima. and So that's a pretty interesting note. Um, you're, I don't know, Bailey's been okay. Like, th- if I could be really honest with the critique of Iowa State so far, and we all know about the offensive deal and putting the ball in the end zone and all that. The defensive line has underwhelmed me. I expected more from this group so far. And they haven't been bad. Like, yeah. I, you got to be really careful, I think, about criticizing anything defensively with Iowa State. Uh, you just do. But they have not gotten pressure with the line only the way I thought that they would this year. So I'm not, I'm not insinuating that it's, oh, it's good that you would rather have Jaquan Bailey. I do think this presents an opportunity to change a few things up as far as the defensive line goes, as far as stunts, as far as just how they attack what they do. I don't know. You know, at first, Rob, I thought maybe we'll see more of a four-man front. Maybe you can insert Jamal Johnson more mm-hmm. into the into the lineup. Um, you know, Peterson and then 
Wazarike on the, on the other side, and then you can still work in Leo and like there, there's yep. opportunities yeah. here. I don't know if it's more of that. I, I, I really don't know. I'm a little intrigued by it though, considering what, what we think TCU is going to want to do. I know one thing they're not going to look like Oklahoma state will look in three weeks and it's a little more predictable. And I like that with John Haycock being Iowa state's defensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd agree. And I'd also say that the D line, they've kind of been tasked. I mean, think of how teams are blocking them schematically. I mean, they're, yeah. they're trying to clear those guys out and it seems like Jaquan's been, been getting double teamed quite a bit. Um, that's one of the reasons I think the linebackers have cleaned up so much. They've so many really tackles good. for loss for yeah. Vance Rose, um, others in there and, and sacks pretty much coming exclusively from the linebacking core. Um, and I would say what as I think 11 so far. So, I mean, they're getting pressure. So I think it's a matter of how you do it. I mean, I, I don't think for all we know, Jaquan's been a little bit bothered all season. And this was something that just really hit it whether it be ankle foot, yeah. whatever it is. Um, I did hear too, um, that he dinged up his other foot in like the spring or something. Okay. So it's like a lot of times I'll use my wife as an example. She, so like when she's a veterinarian and Ash always says like, if one dog comes in and tears a like a ligament in its knee, you better start saving for the other because they start to overcompensate for Mm -hmm. it. And you know what I mean? And I, I wonder if that's not the case with Jaquan and, his foot or ankle or whatever. I, I don't even know. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud, but I, I'm, I agree with you though. He hasn't looked. He has same looked, explosion, yeah. explosion off the edge. He's been good. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he's been bad. Yep. I just, I wonder if that didn't have something to do with it. If he was a hundred percent, I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 it could be, it could be. Um, but uh, yeah, the good it, thing is too. And I, I think that you have to consider it if you're Matt Campbell and I know that he will, if this is going to be a, oh, it's going to be out a month, redshirt him. Sure. You now have the four-game deal. He did not redshirt his first year. You can get him back next year. His He'd be on track with his brother to graduate with his brother. I think there's a lot of positives from that. Well, and But if you can get him back now, like if you can get him back in two weeks, week I think you got to play him because he's one of your best players. No question. It would be great for, I mean, given the circumstances now, which are not decidedly not great for Jaquan with the injury, it would be great in, in a long-term sense because he did need to take that next step mm-hmm. in terms of next-level exposure and showing what he can do there. And I think he was poised to do it. I mean, a fully healthy Jaquan Bailey. He's a great player. 12 games yeah, uh, with even more maturity, even more, uh, you know, just savviness and technique. I mean, that's, that's a guy who... Uh, who becomes not a, I don't even know if you want to call him a long shot, but it kind of a, you know, if he, is, is he going to make it on Sunday's guy to a more like, yeah, this guy's going to make it on Sunday's I guy. i tell you what, I wouldn't have taken the bet. I, I would have guaranteed you all that he would have had the sack record by now. Yeah, I, I agree. It, you know, it's, yeah. It's really a shocking statistic that he hasn't. So I hope he, uh, best of luck to Jaquan and his recovery. I guess it's a long shot. We see him out there on Saturday just when Matt Campbell says the word doubtful in a press conference you can basically take it to the bank for sure and I mean you make makes you wonder about Colin Newell too fortunately yep. Colin Olson got another game another start at center under his belt. yeah it, it sounds like he's okay Milton's okay I mean the, Milton is play huge. the freshman Milton is huge yeah uh 
to have that big threat, big play threat, and his route running ability to go with that top level speed. Milton is a. Uh, I, I said this last week on this podcast. I think he's a future All American. Yeah, I think he's an absolute stud. I'm with the running backs. Play the freshman. I just. I don't know. Lang, Lang played his best game last week, so maybe that's not fair. I think that Johnny's like a good running back. I don't know like if he can be a dynamic running back. We'll see. We haven't seen enough of him to know. Nwangu can't stay healthy. Crony's a good pass protection guy, but the the ceiling of your offense is vastly lower when he's out there. I want to see, I, I see Brock myself. I thought he looked the best against Monroe. Uh, Brees Hall didn't get as many opportunities in that game, but I, I don't know. I just I feel like you're at the point of the season like this is this is when they started playing David Montgomery when he was a freshman. That's true, but what did what did David Montgomery shown in practice? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's and I well we know we know because we, well, yeah, Campbell we, has said because he was a monster. What what, what he's done? Um, we know that that Hall and Brock have tremendous talent, and they've yeah. shown it. <laughs> excuse me, on a few runs this season. Rocky, again, in kind of, I don't know what you call it, mop-up against ULM, but just looked like he had the instincts, the wiggle, yeah. the power. Yeah, that twitch, man. Uh, no doubt. Um, but, I mean, you can't I, – I just – I guess I'd slightly disagree because, again, Johnny did have his best game. Campbell said what they had, quote, elite trust. This is why you're the now. grizzled veteran because you tell guys, like, hey, just tap the brakes with your hot takes, okay? You know me. I'm always conservative. I love so, it. So uh, – <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I think you, I think comment. the conservative approach here is I mean Lang is is good, uh, but best yes. game of his career was at Baylor. Yeah, and work in and and and, and, and hey, if Kane's back, I mean we've seen his ability. To, I mean he, he's got the ability. He uh, above all other backs in that room to break one. So you're telling me to tap the brakes. I'm telling you to tap the brakes, but also be excited about what those guys can do. And they're going to keep sprinkling them in unless they're not just not tipping their hat. They haven't come right. to any conclusion that there's a, a primary ball carrier there. Now it's probably going to become a hot hand situation if they don't get themselves behind. And that's another problem with offense. You get yourself a penalty maybe after you get a big first down or, or you, you create these third and longs that they've struggled with. And it's tough then to, you know, your, your playbook's truncated and you're not going to run the balls frequently. This is why we bring Rob Gray on. All right, I've, I've identified a few other things I wanted to point out. I got this one from your, your piece. All the, full disclosure, if you're watching live on Facebook right now, I think I got all the way through editing it, and I think I forgot to hit live, so we'll do that right afterwards. It's a yeah. great preview, not preview, advance, whatever we're calling it. Got this straight from Rob Gray's piece. Third downs. So Iowa State ranked 123rd nationally, allowing eight third down conversions per game. I'll add to that, the opposition is getting third down conversions 45% of the time against this defense. TCU, second nationally in third down conversions. That's a huge stat going into this game. Yeah. I mean, Iowa State can't get off the field on third down. It's a major problem, despite how good that defense is on first and second. Yep. The one encouraging thing is it was Baylor 6 of 17, so that was better. It went close down. to 30, yep. you know, what was that, 35, 36, Correct. 37%. Um, the Iowa stat really was, was really even bad. Northern Iowa. They yeah. they kept getting third downs. Yep, and and uh, ULM went through a stretch where they were they were, they were uh, pulling some off too. But uh, yeah, I mean that's why I circle back to the idea that this is the perfect matchup for determining who they are. How many times does Mike Campbell say, "Who are we? Yeah. What does success look like? What does it feel like?" They're going to find out in this game. Um, 
the avenues to that. And there's not going to be a more sterner challenge to date in that way. I mean, you can look at it. I mean, TCU is what converting out there down 9.3 times for that second nationally number. What's their percentage? It's way up there too. It tells you what you said about the way they run their offense. So they're not afraid of third and five. They're not afraid of third and four because they feel like they can get it through via the run, via the pass, via the mobile quarterback. And they generally do. So it's the perfect kind of test for Iowa state given their relative strengths and weaknesses to this point this season. And, uh, It'll be interesting to see how they're able to to rise to that, uh, if they're able to rise to that challenge. Key to the game for me, before I get to the prediction, is this Darius Anderson, the running back. He can he can be okay. Like the, think of the the Iowa State TCU game from two years ago, and think about you know what really happened in that football game, where TCU could move the ball some against Iowa State, but then it got to the point where you started to really put it on the quarterback to make the final play. And that's how they lost, if you remember correctly. Uh, Iowa State forced enough turnovers and yeah. that quarterback made enough mistakes. Um, Kenny Hill, Kenny, what was his name? Was it Kenny Hill? Yeah. I, always, I don't that, know why I always remember Boykin. Yeah, this was post-Boykin. Yeah, Boykin was gone for a year. And I I, I do think, and and this is where we talk about the the young man, Max Duggan, who I love, by the way. I I adore his father. I covered his father's teams for a while. Did uh, play-by-play for St. Albert back when they were winning championships. (coughs) Uh, I have a lot of respect for the young man because I know what kind of a family he comes from. And I can promise you this. He's going to be jacked to be playing in Jack Trice Stadium on Saturday. There's going to be a lot of people coming from the western side of the state wearing purple, and he's going to be fired up. But he's still a freshman. Yeah. And this is still a really good Iowa State defense. So if you can take away – I don't expect Iowa State to take away the run, but they're good enough against the run, Rob, where I think that they can neutralize this. Put the game on – Duggan's back, or even better off, um, Alex Delton. I'd love to see him. Yep. And if you do that, I think that they'll put the ball on the ground. And I, I think that some turnovers are ripe. I was it's duty. I, I'm a big believer that a lot of turnovers are random. Not all of them, mm-hmm. but I'd say 75% of turnovers are random. I'm, that's just kind of where I've landed on this. I think that if you put it in that or that the quarterback has to make decisions and make plays. This is where Iowa State's defense and the experience and the brains of the defensive coordinator, I think, will win you the football game. I think they can mix up coverages. I think they can mix up blitzes. I think they can make life really difficult on Max Duggan. But if they're running six yards a carry, then that doesn't matter. So that to me, I mean, of course, turnovers, all that stuff. I mean, that's all we know that we're, I hope most people listening and watching are bright football minds. I think that they are. If you're looking at one area of the game for me, because I'm of the opinion that Iowa State's offense will take care of itself. I think that that, that you can't fluke your way into seven yards per play. Mm -hmm. Like it's been moving the ball execute, take care of your own business, you'll score points, even against a really good defense. What I'm looking at, though, is more what you can control. And if you can take that away from TCU, I think they'll have a really hard time. But 
I've said all week on the radio, I'm like 51, 49. I'm not, I'm not confident. Um, but I'm going to pick Iowa state to win. I had 27, 24. I'm going to take it down to 24 to 20 clones 24 to 20. Well, I mean, this is the ultimate pick em game. I think, uh, again, because of the one team strength versus the other team's weakness and, and what we've seen where Iowa state's at, um, I do like, you know, Coach Haycock talked about it last night that if you want to be a really special defense, when it comes time to make that stop to win the game, you do it. And they haven't done that in their two losses. Now they held for a long field goal for Iowa, which the kid happened to make. And then Baylor hits their first field goal of the season. You knew that kid was 38 yard. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how many, how, you know, it's at home. No it's doubt. set up perfectly for yeah. them to finally make no one doubt. under those circumstances. So they've come close to yeah. doing it. That's yeah. the story of the season so far, close, uh, repeatedly. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I adopted in our, in our picks and uh, the, the prove it hashtag. And given where they've been so far in these games, these types of games against a team like that, that hangs its hat on defense and the running game like TCU that, uh, you know, I, I think I picked TCU 21-17 and I basically said so prove right it. there. So I basically and basically for I mean, yeah. I picked Iowa State to win every game this season. So uh, and, and they could have. Yeah. And, and some would argue They're should have three points away from being four now. So, I mean, it's uh, a roll of the dice, as, as Coach yeah. Campbell always says, margin of error. Very slim. I'm right there with you, man. I, and I, and I do think, and I, I've, I said this all summer and I think it's coming true. I, I think I was actually right for once. I thought the middle of this league would be better than anybody was giving mm-hmm. it credit. Everybody's like, Oh, it's a, it's, it's a three tier, you know, no, it's not because Oklahoma state and TCU, you knew what those coaches were going to be better. Baylor, I think is better than we thought. Yeah. They are for me at least. Yep. Kansas State is going to end up being better than we thought. I think Texas Tech might be a little worse than I had them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that middle of the league is brutal. I mean, you go Iowa State, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State. What's the difference in those teams? Yeah. Very, Not much. Very little. Yeah. Not much. And Oklahoma State's obviously most scary from an offensive standpoint with Hubbard. Just yeah. what's he averaging? Eight yards a carry and... Um, but here's an opportunity, though, because if you win this one, you're going to be favored the other three games this yep, month. Yep. And then you could keep that October streak really going. And if you if you go 4-0 in October right now, boy, that makes the Iowa loss feel a lot better. And that makes the Baylor loss feel a lot better. Yeah. I mean, until the end of the season when you said, oh, if yeah. we'd had those games. Which we all know that will. Like, yeah. like the last couple seasons. But at the same time, hey, if it takes that to find yourself and get to eight wins and possibly nine wins, I think most uh, most fans will, will will take that and understand that this is still a journey for this group, and so far the journey's been pretty good, from three wins in season one to to two straight eight win seasons in the regular season. So so we'll see where it goes, but I think the talent is obviously there. We've seen it in all the signs. It's just uh, how close they are to finishing these games, and they have to take out that matter of closeness and, and, and make I'll, it happen. I'll throw in one other thing too. Um, the kicking game, um, asali has got to make kicks yeah. and I, I, they put him in some bad spots. I'm not 49 yarders. Yeah. Those. I'm not going to kill him. That, that one that was blocked. Yes. I mean, that could have been blocked by somebody five, six, I think. Yeah. And you know, he missed a chip shot against Northern Iowa. I'm just saying the, they got to clear that up. And I, I don't know. I think Connor's a decent kicker. We've seen that yep. last year. He hadn't been great this year, and it makes me nervous because I think that there's going to be a lot of games like this that are one possession, 
into the fourth quarter where you're going to need a reliable kicker. And I don't know, and maybe it's the true blue Iowa Stater in me, I'm sure as hell not that confident when the kick team rolls out there right now. <laughs> Can go back a few decades for that. Yeah, it's going to say um, maybe – I don't know if anybody would be. Yeah, but um, – But it's, I think – If you're and, – and, it, it, and Connor, I mean, God bless him from walk-on to winning yeah, that job. No and he's doubt. hit some big kicks and was tremendously accurate last season. But if you're going to be iffy from the 40 out, you'd better be automatic from the 40 in. And uh, as you said, the one missed against Northern Iowa, that game doesn't go to overtime. You know, think situations change if you got those three points when you got well, could have gotten. Yeah, them. but if, if if Brock Purdy doesn't jump on that fumble in overtime, we're thinking about that Asali field goal in a much different way. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So I mean, yeah, that definitely needs to to get more solid. And then uh, you know, obviously, to, to Saturday is going to be hugely important. If you don't keep the ball away from Jalen Rager all the time, you'd better have that coverage team on point and playing its best game of the season to make sure he doesn't bust one. Thanks for your time, Rob. Thank you for having me. Rob's picking a narrow TCU victory. I'm picking a narrow Cyclone victory coming up on Saturday. Hoping I'm wrong. Hope that you're wrong as well. Um, Jared Stansbury and Jeff Woody will have the Cyclone Fanatic tailgate show that is presented by our friends at Iowa Pork. Eight o'clock is the start time on Saturday where I will be heading to another one of our uh, great pork tailgates. Rob, you can go with me if you want, if you want to get there early. We what, go. what, what time do you head over there? You should go about 8.15. Uh, we go and celebrate with some um, some fans, take some pictures, kiss babies, do all that sort of thing. We'll see how early I get up there Iowa because I've got, our, I've got our past that is destined for the uh, grass lot. Ooh. Where do they put you then? Well, I, I think I would go to Vet Med. What's that? I know that I know they're closed. That's why I yeah, was saying, yeah, they'll throw you. I wouldn't be able to go there, but I don't always battle that traffic. I park at uh, lovely Brookside well, Park. If and you want right to go over. like seven o'clock with me, you're welcome to. I will. Uh, I'm an early riser. I'll in, take that under day. advisement. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thank you for listening. And uh, no Cyclone Fanatic radio show um, on Thursday night this week because of Cardinals baseball. So this will probably be it until the instant reaction podcast. It's coming up on Saturday. I'll have that from the press box. All right. So long, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.